Welcome, my love, to the Living for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, aka Anna Empowers, here to more deeply understand with you the rich fullness of God. Because when you understand your creator, you understand his creation, yourself, his world, all that he designed for you to be. God led me out of self-sabotage and insecurity and the new age deception by breaking chains that bound me to my past. And that is my mission here today with you to help you in him and in him alone break chains that bind you to your past, break chains of shame, of insecurity, of self-sabotage in him. So together we can be humbled and surrender to his glorious love and unleash the gifts that he willed for us to bring into his world for him and his glory, not for ourselves. He wants to guide you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to heal you like he's healed so many aspects of my life. When I didn't even seek him at first, God is so good, so patient, so perfectly loving. On this podcast, you'll receive inspiring stories and experiences and mistakes I've made all along the way, plus the unique perspectives of thought leaders on faith-based life and faith-based business so that you can amplify your faith in God's work in your own life. God wants you to store the unique gifts, talents, and ideas that he gave you. He sanctifies and clarifies your unique design the more you come to know and walk with him. God is the strength that I lean on every day to be made into a better steward, servant, wife, and woman for his glory. I'm so freaking excited to welcome Hannah Rose here today. She is a beautiful inside and out faith-based coach and mentor here to help women navigate their walk with the Lord, whatever challenges they encounter, whether they're lukewarm or feeling like God is ignoring them or feeling confused. She has so much wisdom to share and the most beautiful, beautiful heart that she has fully given to Jesus. And I am so, so excited to welcome you here, Hannah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and just can't wait for this conversation. Awesome. I would love to just start with a little bit of your story. What brought you to Jesus? And even more specifically, what brought you to turning your business over to him to becoming a faith-based coach? I know that's a lot more challenging. I feel like at least for me, I noticed, you know, the coaching industry is very new age, maybe a little secular sometimes, but very much not as faith-based. So I feel for me, it's been like being the odd woman out in that industry, being a follower of Christ. So I would love to hear how you ended up in this space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I completely agree with that. I think it is, definitely feeling like the odd woman out and it's a scary thing, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I definitely was wanting to, um, kind of transition my business in this way for some time, but I don't think I was spiritually mature enough and not ready enough to do that. And so now that I am, it, it still feels scary, but it, it does it at the same time. And I'm sure you can relate on that. So I think once God has called you to that place, it's, it's just like, you know, that's where you're supposed to be. So, um, I wouldn't want it any other way, but basically I came from a background of, um, doing fitness coaching. So 
uh, health and fitness has always been my passion and I've graduated with a degree in kinesiology. And then I went straight into personal training, um, at a gym, at, at a couple of different gyms, like in person, and then kind of transitioned that into the online space as it was starting to become like a bigger thing. And I always just knew in my spirit that there was something more that I wanted to do. I just, I wasn't sure like what it was, but I think God was like pulling me in this direction for some time. Like ever since I started my business, I just didn't know really how to navigate it or how to like articulate exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so I, I continued to turn to fitness because I did feel very passionate about it and I felt confident. I felt like I had a lot of knowledge to offer. Um, and it always felt really good to me to just help people. Like that's always what I wanted to do was, and specifically women, um, just really helping women to just regain their confidence and, um, love for themselves. And I could do that through, you know, helping them to lose weight or get a better body, but, at the end of the day, it was like, this isn't enough for me. Like, yeah, it's great that these women are, you know, feeling good about the way they look or they're feeling better because they're more healthy. But I'm like, there's, there needs to be something more happening here. Um, so yeah, like I said, I feel like he was kind of just pulling me in this direction for a while. And, um, I finally just kind of took the, took the leap, um, and decided to just go for it. And, that all happened. Like, I mean, this has been like the course of, I don't even know, like six years or something. So it, it's taken a while, but through the process, um, I, I had to take some time off from coaching altogether because I didn't even know if I wanted to continue coaching. Um, and in that time, I really just spent so much time with the Lord, like really just getting to know him and, um, strengthening our relationship, deepening our relationship, really reading his word, getting to know just everything I could about him, like constantly listening to podcasts, constantly praying and reading the word. And I think through that is when I recognized, you know, he really started calling me back to the coaching space. And I recognized, yes, this is really what I want to do. Um, and I want to do it, you know, all for him. So yeah, I just recently stepped back into the coaching space, like, only maybe two ish months ago. Um, and I've, I'm just loving it so far. It's been absolutely amazing. And it's so different to run a business like with him. It's just, it's so different. And I'm still like learning every day. I'm still navigating it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been an adventure, but I'm just so excited for whatever's to come from it. I love that. And I love that you spoke on how different it is to run a business with Jesus at the helm. I was just, I just met up with a friend of mine earlier today and she was talking about this phenomenon that she's noticing, especially in the coaching space, but in women's businesses in general, these women who are faith-based in their life, who you know follow Jesus, but either run a secular business or he's not very present in their business. And they're feeling this gap, like there's this gap in their business life that's meant to be filled by him. And I heard this analogy yesterday at service, actually, of living your life, or in this case, running your business as if you're rowing the boat. You're rowing the boat all on your own strength versus a sailboat that's powered by him, by the, the wind of the Holy Spirit, right? It's how different that feels. 
Mm, I love that. That's such a great analogy because that's really how it is. And I'm, I'm still, you know, walking through those challenges of like, I'm so used to like hustling and doing it all on my own and trying it with my own strength. And the Lord, it just keeps reminding me like, Hey, like we're doing this together, you know? And, um, I think it's, it's such a beautiful thing to co-create with the Lord, Um, and you know, we, we are, we do have power to create, like he, he created us. He is a creator and we're made in his image. So we also have that creative power, but it's, it's useless if we're not doing it alongside him. And I think that's where, you know, I see so many people in the world that are just trying to create, create, create out of their own power. And it's like, why don't you do it alongside like the creator? Like he's the one that can really, really help you. And so, yeah, he's, he's really been teaching me to just continuously lean on him. And I don't have to like come up with all this stuff on my own. Like I can, you know, ask him for help. You know, he tells us in his word that we can ask him for, for wisdom and he will graciously give it to us. And you know, that's something that it's, it's hard for us, I think, when we're so used to trying to do it all on our own. And um, he's just so gentle with the way that he, you know, continues to remind us of that. And he's just, he wants us to lean on him. Like he really does. He wants us to just do it alongside him. And it's just been really beautiful to, to do that and um, really grow in that way with him. Yeah, what I love most in these conversations is without fail, every single time I talk to a woman in Christ, she talks about how gentle the Lord is. He is always so gentle, so loving, so patient, so unlike you know so many things in this world. And the other thing that came to mind when you talked about creating is the word inspiration it comes from, I believe it's the Latin in spiritu, which literally means in spirit. We cannot have inspiration without his spirit. Mm. We are just kind of creating from what we see around us. It's very different from being inspired by him, from him creating through us. I want to get back to your coaching a little bit before we get too much down the creative track, because I could talk about all this stuff for hours. When it came to transitioning your coaching business from that kind of fitness coaching you were doing to this faith-based coaching you're doing now, I imagine there was a lot maybe a little, but some you had to kind of let go of and shift and change in your approach now that you have Jesus at the helm of your business. So tell me a little bit about that and kind of what shifted in you and your business now as a faith-based coach. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So much, so much has shifted. Um, And one thing in particular has just been, especially coming from the fitness industry, you know, I was just, and again, this is like completely like no condemnation, no judgment. Um, this has been my personal walk and journey, but I was like showing off my body left and right. Like every post was very, you know, focused on what I looked like. And I think this is very common in a lot of like the coaching spaces that I see, especially amongst like women and like the feminine coaching space. And, um, it's very focused on like, our sexuality, sensuality, like the way we look and, you know, especially in, in, in fitness, it was even becoming very like sexual. Um, and it's like, I, it's, it's funny looking back. Cause I feel like I knew that in the back of my head, 
but I still kind of went along with it because I'm like, well, this is, you know, these are the videos that are going viral or this is what fitness coaches are posting nowadays, like all these booty workouts and got to get the best angles and (laughs) um, just like, you know, showing yourself off in a bikini and all of that. And I, I think at the beginning um, of my fitness journey, I really looked at it as like, this is, this is building my character. And I feel super proud to show off my body because of the fact that I, it shows off like my discipline and it shows off how hard I work and all of those things. Um, but as I like got deeper into the fitness industry, it started being like, oh, well now I'm receiving all of this validation from how good I look. And oh my gosh, like your butt is so big and it's so nice. Like, how do I get it like that? You know, and it just, of course it makes you feel good, you know? And so I started to put all of my confidence and worth and value in that. And, you know, I, I don't think I would say I ever struggled with, you know, a lot of body dysmorphia, but looking back, I, you know, I, I think I, I did a little bit and I think, you know, we all do to an extent just picking apart ourselves. And if I had, you know, a week where I fell off my workout plan or whatever, didn't eat good, or I felt bloated, I would like get all in my head and start to feel not, I would feel insecure and I would feel like unworthy and like, oh, I don't want to show myself off because I don't feel like I look good. And it would really affect my confidence. And so coming back to like your question, just really transitioning from that approach of like, this is where I receive my value, like from my body and really like using that as a sales tactic kind of, you know, um, and transitioning into now this is about like what I have to offer um, and what God is like wanting me to speak into. Like, it's, it's not about like me showing off anything, but it's about what do people need to hear in their spirit? Like, what can I speak to them? That's going to like speak life into them and not speak to their flesh and, you know, their eyes and like what the flesh is like desiring, what our eyes are desiring. Like, oh, she looks really good. I want to look like that, you know, instead, like really speaking to their spirit and speaking to women and, and where like, they know that, wow, this is, you know, this is really doing something to me. Like this is making me feel something on the inside. Um, And so it's really taken, like, it's taken me very, like a lot deeper into my own walk with the Lord, which I think has been really cool because it's allowed me to stop placing all of my worthiness and identity in my body and instead look to him and look at, okay, what are, what does he say about me? And what, like, how does he want me to reflect that in my life and in my words and, and, you know, everything I'm putting out on social media so that other women can also receive that same truth and like that same knowledge And, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be fit or being a fitness coach or any of that. But I just realized that, you know, I don't, I don't need to be using my body or using, you know, my flesh in order to get business. Like I can just use, like not use God, but, you know, utilize the Lord. Right. And I, I really trust that he will, you know, bring whoever needs to be brought 
as a client into my business. And it's not like I have to try to, you know, do some like weird stuff that I'm not comfortable with, or, you know, just like show myself off in order to get those clients. Right. Like it's, it's taken a lot for me to really step into that. And I'm still working through it every single day and just learning to really place my identity in him only instead of in what I look like and, you know, receiving the validation from that, the outward appearance. So, so beautiful. Yes. I think you shared, I believe, was it Proverbs 31 you shared with um, a post? And I think you shared it on your story, which is where I saw it. When you posted something regarding this topic a few weeks ago, and it was something to the effect of a woman who fears the Lord is beautiful. It says something else, but I'm just paraphrasing. Like that's where her beauty is. It's her fear in the Lord. And I think that, so going back to kind of where I'm at right now, and I've been studying Genesis a lot. I'm doing like a Genesis Bible study right now. And one of the questions we had to ponder was why did God create? We went through a bunch of theories out there of why he created and why those theories don't really hold up biblically. And essentially the the central reason we came to was for his glory, right? He it's, it's a reflection of his glory. It's an expression of his glory and his creation exists to glorify him. So we, as his creation, we can glorify him through, you know, everything we do and say, but even how we take care of our bodies, because he created our beautiful bodies, right? He created for us to now be temples of the Holy spirit to dwell in us. So there is a responsibility we have to steward our bodies, to adorn our bodies. I think is also beautiful to take care of them physically with fitness and nutrition. There's, there's this holiness to that. And then there's like you said, like the flesh perversion of that, almost that society pulls us into, which again, is just like so natural. It's so easy for us to venture down the path. I think we, we all do it. And that is working out to look good, working out to, I know I was doing it all throughout, like growing up to get male attention, to like look good for men, in addition to just like look good for society and feel like I look good according to societal standards. There's all this stuff, look good for business, right? You as a fitness coach, there's like that whole element, but looking good for others and looking good for in order to feel good, I think is, is that fleshly desire versus taking care of the temple of the Holy spirit to glorify God. So it sounds like he's pulled you into that. And it sounds like maybe that's kind of always been there and you've kind of been in this tension between the two, especially as a fitness coach. So that's so cool and so beautiful to hear. And the other thing that I do see a lot of is that sexuality, right. In the coaching space and so many people um, that I'm familiar with who coach, you know, femininity, like you said, and, sacred sexuality and things of that nature, or even, you know, Christian women who also, you know, kind of fall into the fitness sort of showing themselves off sexually. And again, we're not shaming anyone. We've both done this and it's, it's less about something being right or wrong and more about, I think for me, it's been about my relationship with God and when God has pulled me into I think it sounds like you would say the same. So I would love for you to speak kind of a little bit deeper on that piece of it, on how sexuality has played into this shift of yours and your relationship with him. Yeah. Amen. Amen to all of that. And I like what you said about like, it's more about 
like not right or wrong, but where you're at in your relationship with him, because like he's, he's going to pull you deeper always and pull you higher, but he will like, just like we were talking about, be gentle with you along the way. He's not going to sit there and be like, oh my gosh, like you keep going back to, you know, your old ways or you keep messing up. Like, all right, well, I'm done with you. Like, he's just going to like, kind of just like, Hey, Hey, like maybe come a little bit higher with me, you know? And, but he's going to wait for you to make that move. Like he knows when, when you're going to be ready. Right. And it's going to take time. But what I realized is most important in that time is to just learn him more like go deeper in relationship with him. And when he's pulling you higher, like what he's really doing is just pulling you closer to him. Like that's all he wants. And as you get closer to him, that's when things start falling away that are not of him anymore. And that's what I noticed was happening with me is when I tried to, you know, I guess like get rid of certain things in my life or change myself in certain ways, change my lifestyle on my own, in my own strength. Like it would never work. I would always end up, you know, going back to these things because like, I just couldn't do it on my own. But once I really started to just focus on him and focus on, okay, instead of trying to, you know, like stop like sleeping, you know, sleeping around or stop showing my body or stop smoking weed or stop doing any of these things that I don't want to do. I'm just going to focus on getting to know God more and just focus on like getting deeper in relationship with him. And the more I did that, the more I just naturally was like, I don't want to do these things anymore. Like these are not fulfilling to me. Like all the things that, you know, I thought, I was like scared to give up because, oh my gosh, if I become this like follower of God, um, you know, and this like crazy, like Christian, then I'm going to have to give up all these things. I don't want to do that. But what really happens is he is so gentle with how he just pulls you away. And those things will just naturally, like you will not want to do that. And like, you'll start to feel convictions and it happens in to everyone differently, you know? And for me, you know, like some things happened quick, some things happened slow. Um, you know, I have, I have a background of working in a strip club for eight, nine years. So that was like a huge battle for me. And it wasn't just like overnight. I just was like, okay, I'm done. Like, woohoo, I'm free. It was like a tug of war constantly. You know, I would have like I had like a whole year where I quit and then I ended up going back and I would have like months at a time where I quit and I was like, okay, this is the last time. And then I would go back. And so it takes time and it's, you know, each time it's as long as you're seeking God, it's going to get easier and easier. And like, before you know it, you're going to look back and be like, wow, like I have really changed. And it's crazy because, you know, I was just talking to a friend about this this morning, but, um, I have really had to stop and give myself a lot of grace and compassion just looking back because I feel like, you know, I'm like a completely different person. I feel like I've started this like completely new life. And I look back and I'm like, it was only like seven months ago when I was in the club last, you know, and it feels like it was like an entire lifetime ago. And 
you know, I, I just have to like acknowledge that God is still working in my heart and working on me. And this is a process, right? Like, even if you completely are like convicted of something, you're like, wow, I never want to go back to that. And you feel really good about it. It doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be forever. Like you're, you're probably going to struggle with it again. And that's not bad. That doesn't mean that you're, you know, a bad Christian or like, you don't love Jesus. Like we're only human and, you know, it's our whole life is going to be a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And, you know, that that's what Jesus promised us is that like, we're going to have struggle in this world, but as long as we continue to like, look to him and seek him, like we're going to be able to make it through. And without him, that's when we can, you know, fall into temptation and we can allow our flesh to like, you know, really take hold of us is when we take our eyes off of him. And so what I recognize in my own journey is just like, not trying to like, do anything in my own strength and not, you know, feeling shame or feeling guilty for still struggling because like, that's normal. Like we're going to struggle and he knows that we're going to struggle. He doesn't blame us for struggling. It's only when we continue to give into that struggle. That's when he's like, you know, what are you doing? Like, just, just look to me, like I'm here to help you. And again, he's never condemning us. He's never shaming us or mad at us, but he's just like, I'm right here. Like, you know, I want to help you. And so I think as long as we like, just continue to like pour into our relationship with him and seek him every day, that's when things become easier to change within our hearts and within ourselves. Like he really comes in. And when we give him that space, he comes in and he fills it up. And when he fills that space, like that's when we no longer care about the things of this world. We no longer care about pleasing our flesh. We no longer care about you know, maybe the sins that we were once in bondage to, like he frees us from it all, but it starts with really focusing in on that relationship with him. So I'm sorry, I think I got like totally off from your question, but, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is just guiding us right now. It's totally fine. But, um, but yeah, I think, I don't even know what your question was, but something along the lines of sexuality and like moving away from that, I think. Yeah. I don't even know if I know either. That was no, I, I love what you shared and what comes to mind when you talk about that sanctification process, right. Of him changing your heart, the more that you focus on him is the scene that's in several of the gospels. I believe maybe even in all of them where Jesus walks on water and Peter walks out to meet him. And as long as Peter's eyes remain on Jesus, he can walk on water. And as soon as he diverts his attention to the storm, to the fear, to the chaos around him, that's when he begins to sink. So as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, he can do miracles through us. He can help us walk on water. He can help us leave behind the things we're struggling with. He can help heal us. He can do all these things as long as we keep our eyes on him. Once we keep our, once we turn our gaze to those things that we're struggling with, to, you know, our mistakes, to our sin, whatever it is, that's when that begins to grow, right? That's when the power of it over us begins to grow in our own minds. And we begin to struggle with it more and battle with it more. Whereas if we give our attention to him, he can work through us. So that that's what came to mind. And I, I so relate to that. There are so many things that he just so effortlessly and gently changed in me. 
And I, I don't know if you know, I came out of the new age. So I, I was in the new age space. I was in the new age coaching space uh, with shadow work was really the basis of my new age coaching practices. So it was very self-focused and very like self-effortful and Mm -hmm. self-healing was kind of the primary theme behind it all. So I was doing that for myself and teaching others to do the same for years, um, probably like four years of that intensely. And when I came out the other side and really got off the fence that I was sitting on between the new age and the church for about a year, I got off the fence and, and gave all of me and gave my business and gave everything to Jesus. It's like these scales fell from my eyes. And I noticed that all I was doing as I was going in circles, like I thought I was healing so much. I thought I had accomplished so much. I thought I had left behind so many issues like insecurity and all this stuff. And then when I got off that fence, I looked across to the other side of the fence and I saw that nothing had really changed internally because I was trying to change it myself. And these were things that I couldn't change myself. These were things that he could change through me. And for him, it's effortless. But for me, not only is it effortful, but it was fruitless. I wasn't getting anywhere. So I I so relate to that. And I love the grace that you mentioned that you had to have for yourself, the grace and compassion. And I love to think about how, if you can have that grace for yourself and you can have that grace for someone else. And sometimes I look at my pets, I have two cats and a dog and I have all this love for them and I'm so forgiving for them, you know, no matter what. And we feel all this and how much more does God love us? How much more grace does he have to give to us? So it's so, so beautiful that you brought that to the forefront as well. Um, I think it was sexuality, but whatever comes to mind in response to what we've been talking about is welcome here. And I I just love that you're sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I wanted to say like, um, just piggybacking off of like what you just ended with is having like that grace and acknowledging how much he truly loves us and looking at, you know, your pets for an example, and just, you know, like if they like get into something, they're not supposed to, you're like, oh, you're kind of frustrated for a second, but then they just like are so innocent and cute. And you're like, okay, like you didn't know. And I feel like that's how, you know, the Lord really looks at us. Like he's never like mad at us. He just, he wants us to thrive so badly. And he knows that we just, we don't know any better. Like he knows like that we struggle. And so I think like, that's something he's really been working on in me is just like acknowledging that I can receive this great love from him and acknowledging that I am worthy to receive that love from him. And that's been like really hard for me because um, I am very, I wouldn't say that I, I have shame as much anymore, but I think it's more so just feeling like, I don't even know if there's a word, like what word I'm looking for, but it's like, when you know the better way, you wish you would have done that sooner, right? So that's more like what I've been wrestling with is acknowledging that, wow, like, I really was like, in this for a long time, thinking that I knew what was best. 
And in reality, like I definitely did not. And it's like, he was just patiently waiting for me the whole time. And now that I really have my eyes on him, it like, it feels so good. But then I'm like, oh, like, I wish I, you know, wasn't trying to do it my own way for so long. But instead of feeling like that shame, it's more just like, you know, just, just acknowledging that um, his way truly is better. And that's really like why he calls us to live a different life and live a different way is because his way is better. And he knows that when we do that, like we will have so much more peace and joy. And like you said, like fruitfulness that comes from our life, because when we try to do it our own way, there's just, there's no fruit coming from it. And that's why we get stuck in these cycles and we think we're getting somewhere and then we just end back up in the same spot. And it's like, we wonder why, because <laughs> we keep trying to do it ourselves, you know? So, um, so yeah, a, a big thing I feel that he's been working on in me is just allowing me to truly like open my heart to receive the love that he has for me and not allowing shame to get in the way of that and shame from, you know, my past or like feeling guilty or anything like that from things that I've done in the past or me trying to do it my own way for so long, not allowing that to drive a wedge in between our relationship, because that's truly what the enemy does. Like shame is straight from the enemy. That's like the first sin that was introduced in the world, you know, to Adam and Eve is like, they felt this like shame when, when their eyes were opened. And that's how the enemy truly gets our eyes off the Lord and makes us like stuck in isolation, thinking that we're unworthy to receive his love. And so I feel that that's something he's really been working on my heart with is like, no, like just drilling it into me. Like, no, you are worthy. Like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And like, even like, it makes me uncomfortable sometimes, like just to really be like, oh my gosh, like you really love me like a lot, you know? And like, wow, (laughs) like it's like, we can't even comprehend like how much he loves us, you know? And I think just, you know, continuing to just remind ourselves of the truths of like the way that he sees us and um, yeah, just like acknowledging like, like certain verses where he, you know, talks about like, we're beautifully and wonderfully made. Like we are like his, you know, children and just all the ways that he continues to like be there for us. And he goes before us, like, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Like just reminding myself of those truths, like every single day has been so key for me. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's some days are easier than others, but that's, that's how you walk with the Lord. You know, it's truly just about fully surrendering and opening your heart up and acknowledging like he is a good father and he truly wants the best for you as his child. Like he's not out to get you. He's not judging you. He's not like wanting you to have a miserable life and just, you know, like be his slave. Like he wants you to thrive and be like the greatest version of you that he created you to be. And so that's what I've really been leaning into and like learning from him recently. That's so beautiful. I love, I love everything you touched on, but that incomprehensible level of love and how, especially how shame is not of him is not from the enemy and that it's the first thing that was, or is from the enemy rather. And it's the first thing that was introduced in the garden. I, I remember the first thing they did was hide from God, right? The shame not only you know feels awful internally, but it often turns people away from God because they feel unworthy. Like you said, like we feel unworthy 
of God's love. And that comes straight from shame. And and there's so much I want to touch on here, but I want to go back a little bit to your story and understand a little bit more about your relationship with your sexuality, with dancing, and kind of a little bit of what led you down that path, if you're comfortable sharing and how that's evolved for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for asking. I I love sharing like my story. I I just feel that it's so necessary and so needed. And um, you know, I've worked through a lot of it now, so I don't feel like any shame towards it, but it did take me a while to truly like feel okay opening up about it. And um, I, I tried to open up about it while I was still in it. And that just felt even worse because I'm like, I was like split between, I was like, how can I talk about this and like evolving from it when I'm still in it? And so God has really been working through me on that. But um, yeah, it's it's really exciting to share because it's just such a testament to who God is. And I, I believe that he uses all of our stories and all of our past, you know, for his good. And obviously, you know, we shouldn't dwell on our past and let it define us, but definitely use it to just be a testament of who he is and his goodness and how he can truly transform us. Um, and it doesn't matter where you come from or what you've been through. Like he can use you and he will use your story to speak to other people. So, um, so yeah, I, I grew up in a a Christian home, like very, I would say I felt like it was strict. My parents are like, I don't think we were that strict, but I feel like they were, it was like to the point where like, I could not miss a Sunday at church. Um, I couldn't even go to like sleepovers on Saturday nights. Like if my friends had like birthday parties, like it was so embarrassing because I always had to be like picked up either like the night before or in the morning. So I could go to church and, I just always felt like just like the oddball out. I felt like I was weird and like no one else like had, you know, parents like that or was raised in a family like that. And um, so it was just different. Um, I always felt like, I don't know. I, I just, I always felt like I couldn't have freedom. I guess that's, that's really what, what it was, was this desire for freedom Um, and you know, I even remember like, I think I was like only 11 or something when my mom gave me like the sex talk and she, I distinctly just remember, you know, in the car on the way home, she was like, okay, Hannah, like, tell me you're not going to have sex till marriage. And it was so uncomfortable for me because I was like 11. I'm like, I don't even know what sex is like, ew, like that's gross, you know? And like, I just felt so uncomfortable and mind you, like nothing against her, like her intentions were so right. And, you know, she tried her best. Our parents are only human, but to me, like, this is just how it affected me. And this is what I remember. Um, And I just remember feeling like this is so awkward and weird. And I just felt like everything was very forced on me, like with religion. And um, I did really enjoy church, like as a child, I thought it was so fun. And I always like, I I believed like I believed in God. I believed in Jesus, but it was kind of just like, that's how it was. And I didn't have like uh, my own relationship with him. So to me, like, as I started, you know, kind of becoming my own person in middle school and high school, I was like, okay, this feels like a lot of rules. And my mom and I were actually even talking about this. We went on a trip recently and got into a conversation about, um, like, I think it was in high school, we would take like a yearly houseboat trip, like the, like the youth group. And they literally had one Sunday where they had a whole presentation on like what the girls could wear for their like bathing suits, what was acceptable, like how 
thick the straps had to be or like we had to wear like a shirt over it if it was a two-piece and like all of these things so it's it's just and again like I know they had like good intentions but to me it was just so like from the get-go like your body is basically like an object is you know kind of like the underlying and I know that's not what they were trying to say but that's kind of like you know, as a young girl, like that's kind of how you subconsciously start to see it as like, oh, like I have to cover myself because otherwise I'm going to make these men stumble and they're going to start to lust after me. And that's all I am, you know? Um, And so I think just all of that combined with, you know, just a lot of like rules I felt like that were placed on me. I just craved this freedom. Like all I wanted was freedom. I'm like, I just want to like break away from all of this and just do what I want. And so when I went to college, it's kind of what I did. I, I just was super rebellious and, you know, was drinking all the time, blacking out, like hooking up with guys. And, um, you know, it led me into a couple of years in, like I got a job. I, and honestly, I wasn't even looking for this type of job, but, um, I couldn't get hired anywhere. I applied at like all these different places, like restaurants, you know, I really wanted to work at Starbucks and I just kept getting rejected left and right. And I'm like, I know I'm hardworking. Like I have a great work work ethic. I'm smart. Like, why can I not get a freaking job? And so one day I was scrolling Craigslist and I found a job that was like no experience necessary. Like, you know, send your photos here, this and that. And like, it sounds sketchy, but like, this is back in the day when Craigslist was like, actually like legit and you could find jobs on it. But, um, yeah, I ended up getting a job at, as a waitress at a strip club. And it was honestly, I felt so like seen for the first time. I felt like I was acknowledged for my hard work. I felt like I was acknowledged for how beautiful I was. I felt very safe. Like, all of the staff and like uh, the managers and everyone, like they were very like making sure that us girls were like taken care of. And I would get walked out to my car and just, I felt like for the first time, just so like beautiful and, and feminine and like, just like I was like seen right in my like whole feminine beauty and it felt really good. And so I started to see like how much the girls were making. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so much money. So that led me to start dancing. Um, and you know, it's crazy because it just took me down this whole path of just kind of being addicted to the money. And I started to really idolize money and, um, it, it just, it, it really was an addiction. It's crazy to look back because I, it's something that, you know, you don't think about a job being an addiction, but it, you know, I, I feel like I understand how people struggle as like alcoholics and things like that. And how it's like, even like dipping a little toe into that, like it'll lead you down like a downward spiral because I would try to do that. I was like constantly in this battle of like, well, maybe I'll just go on the weekends. Maybe I'll just work like when I really need to. And I would try to get other jobs and I would try to quit. And, um, you know, in the meantime, I was trying to do my fitness coaching and, um, I always ended up coming back because it was quote unquote easy, right? Like it was super convenient. I could go in when I wanted, I would make like all this money at one time. And so it was like this, like dopamine rush of like, wow, this feels really good to my flesh, right? Like, this is like, I'm getting money. I'm receiving all this validation for how good I look. And, um, it, it feels good. And so I just couldn't get away from that. 
And, you know, I think during that whole time, like God was really working on my heart. Like I said, I, I always believed. So I never like didn't believe it was just, I wasn't necessarily following him. And it's just crazy because I was trying really hard to do both. And I was trying to justify it in my mind, even though I didn't, I knew that it wasn't right. Like I knew that this wasn't the life that God had for me, but you know, I still would like really try to like seek him. I would like read my Bible every morning, read my devotional. I would go to church. Like I literally would like work at the club Saturday night, go to bed at like 3am, wake up at 8am and go to church. And I would just stand there feeling so full of shame. But I felt like I was like, almost trying to like balance out the scales. Like, well, I'm doing these things I probably shouldn't be doing. But like, maybe if I just go to church and read my Bible and all that, like, and try to fill my spirit, like, I'll feel better. But there was still that like, like shame and guilt that kept getting in the way. And I was like, I know I'm not going to be able to fully step into my calling while still doing this, but I felt literally in bondage. Like I felt like so stuck. And I was like, how do I, how do I get out of this? Like, I don't even know. This is my only source of income. Like it it started to become a lifestyle. And, um, I recognized when I would take time off that like, I would literally crave going back and not only for the money, but because the way it made me feel, it made me feel empowered. It made me feel confident. It made me feel like I had something to offer because again, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, I was putting all of my identity and worth and value in my body. And so when I, you know, took time off working at the club, I was like, well, no one's getting to see how good I look. So I'm, I don't not feeling good, you know, like I'm not utilizing this, this body that is giving me this value and validation. And so without that, I felt like I kind of was just would feel insecure and I would feel like, I don't know, like I wasn't, I wasn't feeling myself, you know? And so God really had to pull me out of that and start to fill me with, you know, like fill my spirit with his truth and, um, just, you know, like reminding me who I am and who he says I am and really placing my worth in that instead of all of these other worldly things that had given me all this worth before. And like, it, it took a long time. I mean, it was a whole, I feel like back and forth, like tug of war for the whole time I was in the industry, you know, and, it's like, I would kind of take a few steps forward and then take like one step back and take a few steps forward, one step back kind of thing. But I think each time I was growing in my spirit and growing closer to him. And it's like, I knew what I had to do, but I still would like give in to, you know, my, my old patterns, my old habits and what, whatever was convenient. And I would make these like almost deals. Like I felt like with God where I'm like, okay, like, I'm just going to like save up like this much money or I would like set a date like, okay, by the end of this month, like then I'll leave and then I'll do it your way. But first I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> like Again, just like planning my, like there's that one proverb where it's like the Lord or a uh, man like makes his own plans, but like the Lord, like, I don't even know what it, how it says, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So um, I felt like that's what I was trying to do was like, I had my own plans and God was just like, dude, like just do it my way, you know, like stop trying to do it on your own because I kept ending up back in the same place, back in the same place. And 
So I finally just surrendered it all. And um, I had to swallow a lot of my pride. I recognized that I was carrying a lot of pride feeling like, you know, like I, I deserve, you know, to make this much money and I can't have a regular job because I'm too good for that. And just a a lot of like, um, kind of negative, I don't even know what, how to describe it, but just like negative feelings, feelings towards men as well that I really had to, and I'm still am working on, um, feeling like, you know, they, they owe me something and, um, kind of walking around with this attitude towards them. And so the Lord has really had to pull me out of a lot of that. And, um, just remind me just to be humble. And, you know, sometimes when we do things that actually pretty much all the time, when we do it his way, like we're going to have to sacrifice and do things that we probably don't want to do. And, uh, but it's all going to be, you know, for our good and for our benefit. And he's using those circumstances to shape us and mold us into, you know, who he has created us to be. And so, um, through this whole process, you know, I, I ended up like quitting the club. It's been about seven months that I, since I've been there, um, and I went and got a regular, a serving job, um, just to sustain me as I'm, you know, building my business back up because, um, kind of like I mentioned before, I took some time off of coaching as well. So when I actually quit the club, I literally was doing nothing. I had no other source of income. And so at this point I'm like, all right, God, like, I'm I'm doing it. Like, I, I think this is what you want, but like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. And, you know, he provided me with a really stable job and it's not necessarily like what I desire or what I want, but like, there's been so much like beauty that has come from it. And, you know, he's really teaching me too to just like, be grateful for where he's placed me and just be there. And, you know, I have these like huge visions and ideas and dreams of my coaching and all the things I want to do. And it's like, okay, like I'm ready, you know, like I want to step into this role and, and, you know, be this person, but he just keeps reminding me, like, this is where I have you right now, Hannah, just like be there and be the light where I have put you. And, you know, whether it's, you know, just with my coworkers or whatnot, like I, he has placed me there for a reason, like to have like fruitful conversations or maybe plant seeds, you know, that need to be planted. And another thing I've recognized is that, um, and I don't know why I just feel called, called to say this, but I think like a lot of times we don't see the fruit that is coming from the things that we're doing and we're not always going to see it. And I think, you know, it's, I think a lot of times we want to see the fruit because it makes us feel good, but the Lord is just calling us to just plant the seeds, you know, without seeing the fruit of, of, you know, the seeds that we've planted And that's okay if we never see it. But if we can just have the mindset of like, we're just planting seeds constantly and like just trusting that, you know, he's going to do what he wants with those seeds. Like he's only using us to plant them. Like other people might have to water them, you know, and it might take time, but it's not like each person we interact with. It's not like, oh my gosh, I didn't tell them the gospel. Like I did something wrong. I should have said more, you know, it's like just being a a nice person, you know, just showing the love of Jesus to people in your everyday life in every interaction. Like that's truly what he has taught me is like, 
you know, with my coworkers and even just the people that I meet every day, you know, at my job, it's like, I really have to like put on this like attitude of like, okay, like I could be like that one thing in their day that helps them to be drawn closer to the Lord. Right. Like, and so it, it, it helps me really just to create, you know, uh, my, my attitude and my words around that and to truly like really try to be more like Jesus every day, just in like the mundane things. Right. Because I think we can have these big dreams and like, Oh, I want to like speak on a stage or I want to have this amazing podcast that, you know, impacts thousands and millions. And it's like, you'll have that, you know, if, if it's in the Lord's will, but also how can you just like be impactful on a day-to-day basis with just the people that you're interacting with. And so that's what he's really been teaching me. And, um, just to be of service because I'm so used to, you know, coming from dancing and making all this money, it was very, very selfish. And I would try to justify it by being like, Oh, I'm having these like really great conversations, you know, with men in here and I'm being the light and all these things. And honestly, I would, I would have some really great conversations with them. Um, and I feel like the Lord probably had me there for a reason, but at the same time, like it was all very selfish. It was all about like, okay, I'm making my money and I'm leaving, you know, and it wasn't necessarily like me doing any good for anyone else. It was like, this is just for me. And so now stepping into a space of I'm literally a server at a restaurant, it's like, I'm in service. And then in my business, you know, I'm, I'm serving women. Like I am constantly in service and it feels like so much more fulfilling than it ever did to make like a thousand dollars in one night. Right. Like that felt really good for like a second. And then it's like, Oh, like a week later, like the money is gone. Like, you know, whereas like when you are truly in service, it's fulfilling because you're, you're literally like giving life to others And that is so much more, it's like spirit filled. So it's not like just fulfilling your flesh. It's like fulfilling your spirit. Um, And so, yeah, sorry, that was like very, very long, but that's, uh, that's really like where the Lord has brought me from. And it's been crazy and beautiful. And, you know, I, I would never want it any other way. And I truly feel that he will use my past and my story, like to help so many women that are, you know, stuck in that industry, because there are a lot of women stuck in that. And it truly is like, you get stuck very easily um, because of all the things that I mentioned, but like the pride and, you know, the, the money and um, just the, the feeling of, you know, not having to be accountable to anyone. I think that's huge too. And So like in my walk with the Lord, just learning how to like be accountable to someone, you know, and I think that's something that a lot of people like that's why they turn away from God or turn away from religion. They just want to do what they want and have no consequences in their life. But in all reality, like that's just not how it works. (laughs) Like it's just not, unfortunately. Um, But if we do it God's way, like it's always going to be better for us. And I can truly say that, you know, it hasn't been easy at all, but I've had the most peace in my life that I've ever had, like following his way. And like I said, like I've had to sacrifice a lot, like 
I, it's not like I'm like just happy all the time. Like I still struggle, like I'm still human, but like, I know, and like, I can have like peace in my spirit that like, I am like on the right path because I'm doing it with him instead of trying to go off and do it on my own. Um, which is only going to lead to more disaster and chaos and self-destruction. Um, and you know, like, like there's not like an amount of money in the world that can like buy that, you know, you can have all the success and all the, you know, people giving you attention, all the followers, like all these things. And it's like, it's, it's just never, it's still going to feel empty. It's never going to be enough. And that's what I've noticed is like, I had all these things. I was traveling, I was making money, I was doing all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, it was cool and fun, but like what came from it, you know, like what truly came from it. And so now it it just feels good to be in a place of, of knowing that there is fruit coming. Um, even if I'm not seeing it yet, like I know in my spirit, like it's coming. Um, and it's just so much better with him. It's so much better. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm just amazed at the amount of faith you must have had to leave behind a lucrative job and your coaching and have nothing lined up, right? It sounds like you had nothing lined up and just trust that God was going to get you through it and find a way to provide for you. It just, that alone is mind blowing to me. You had, it sounds like no financial security, like visibly in front of you and your faith got you through that. I just want to emphasize that because that was amazing to me. Just that tiny piece of your story alone. I was like, wow, the amount of faith this woman has amazing. And I totally also related to the to a few pieces of your story, but especially when you talked about kind of bargaining with God, <laughs> like, if I, if I only do this, it'll be okay. Um, this is a very different context, but my husband and I have been trying to conceive for the last year and the Lord about a month ago called me to get baptized. I got baptized, baptized as a kid, but I haven't gotten baptized since I found my own faith. And we were about to have a baptism, like in a month from that day, um, at my church and the Lord was like, do it. (laughs) So I was like, okay, you know what? I'll do it. If you give me a baby, I'm going to sign up and I'm expecting a baby on the other side. And I also like, I knew that that's not how God works. And I was like, but that was the thought I had, right. That was the thought I had. That was kind of the conversation I had internally. And then then, like 80% of me was like, no, don't do that. But that was my logic. And the day before my baptism, I got my period. And I was like, okay, this is a lesson to me that God doesn't bargain. (laughs) But you know who does? The devil. (laughs) But yeah, God does not bargain because God's, I mean, there's probably many reasons, but I love to think about how God's plans are always higher than ours. And even if we're grieving the plans we did have, like you said in Proverbs, like even if we make plans and they don't work out and we have to grieve those plans, I'm comforted by the fact that that just means my plans are not in his will and his will is higher than mine every single time. So I can feel this grief and I can feel the sadness and know in my soul, in my spirit, have faith, unshakable faith that whatever's on the other side is even better than what I had imagined. 
Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I don't know if you've seen that like picture before on like social media, but it's a picture of Jesus with a little girl and she's hugging this teddy bear and he's holding his hand out, like, give it to me. And she goes, but I love it, God. And he's holding like this huge bear behind his back. And the one she has is like this little thing. And so it's just, it's such a cute little depiction of whenever God takes anything from us, it's only be I'm literally getting the chills but it's always because he has something so much better and if we just trusted to like just give it to him that's like a huge thing that he had to teach me was like just give it to me like stop trying to hold on to these things like because you think that that's the best you're gonna get you know we we so often hold on to our circumstances thinking like but, but I have this, so, you know, I want to make sure I'm good. So I'm just going to hold on to it. Um, and that's that like scarcity mindset. And he calls us to, you know, live abundantly. And, you know, he, he knows like what's truly best for us. So if he's taking it away, it's because that's not his best and he wants to give you something better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And The other thing that stuck out to me is that validation piece being so, so strong in part of the reason, right? Part of it was that financial security and part of it was this validation and like feeling sexy and feeling valued and feeling seen in the eyes of other men, probably in yourself too, as you're like feeling into your sensuality and your sexuality. And I, my, I mean, my whole story was kind of seeking validation from boys growing up and all of that. And I remember in college, especially, I, I really related to that part of your story where you said, if it's been a while, you start to feel insecure. You start to feel like you're not being validated and you got to go get that validation. So I was feeling the same way. Like if it's been a while since I hooked up with a guy or since a guy showed interest in me, or when I started dating my now husband, like, and I was loyal to him. I was like, you know what? Now people know, like I'm, I'm engaged or I'm married or whatever. And so people aren't hitting on me. And so And I started to feel insecure in the fact that I wasn't getting like buckets of validation from all sorts of sources at a given time. And even in college, so before I met my husband, um, if I got rejected by a guy, if I wanted to like hook up with a guy and he rejected me, I would seek out another guy that I had no interest in just to like heal that sting a little bit with validation. So it's, it's such a strong motivator and I just... Yeah, I want to emphasize that and share a bit of of my experience with that and normalize that for everyone listening, because I know like so many of us, probably probably every single one of us has an element of this in our stories and, and it's huge. And I love that the Lord brought you out of that and is like healing that for you and is providing his validation and you as his sacred creation and how valuable you are in that alone. And that he's healing that shame in you. So I want to go back to the shame a little bit before we wrap up. I want to make sure we touch on it because it sounds like there was a big piece also in that struggle for you. And I'm curious to hear more about how that was overcome, how he overcame that, how he brought you out of the shame specifically, like what interrupted that cycle for you of do something, feel bad, feel ashamed, go to church to try to wash it away. Like that whole spiral you were in. 
Yeah, that's such a great question. And it's so hard to pinpoint, you know, like exactly how it happened. I think it was just an overtime thing of continuing to seek him. And um, really just, I think when we're, when we're in something for, for long enough, like it starts to like, just the, the original, you know, like desire of it all starts to kind of fade. And so I think with dancing, it was getting to a place where I was just over it. You know, I, I think I was just growing out of it because I had been doing it for so long and it was just so much of, you know, dealing with the same like BS, like day in and day out and noticing how much it was affecting me and my spirit um, and affecting me like physically, emotionally, mentally, like all of the things. I think that played like a big role into um, me just really seeking something, something more, something greater, because I was like, okay, like I'm just over this. I can't do this anymore. Um, I noticed how I just wasn't really myself. I felt like it was, it was starting to affect just like how I showed up just in everyday life. And I think that just comes with like awareness, you know, like as I was really on this like spiritual kind of journey with trying to create that relationship with the Lord, I also was really getting into like self-development and, um, you know, that whole like movement of really getting to know yourself. And I'm really not like against that. I don't think it's bad. I think like, it's hard for me to say because I always had God. So I always tried to find him in it instead of just making it always about me. So I think there's definitely a line drawn there where it's like, it's definitely good to have, you know, like self-development and self-awareness and, you know, get to know yourself and your brain and how all of that works. But like, you know, obviously like acknowledge God within it all, um, and not make it like all about self all the time. So that really played a big role in it is just really creating a lot more awareness around, you know, my thoughts and just the, the way that I thought about myself, my identity, um, all of these things. And yeah, I think like, it was just all very like connected. And so just as I just continued on that journey, um, I think it just kind of slowly was, was a process where he just kind of started to pull me out of that shame. And, um, it just, it, it didn't feel good. And I was like, this can't be from God, you know, if this doesn't feel good and this isn't building me up and this isn't, you know, there's no fruit coming from this. Like there's no way this can be from God. And, you know, I had to start rewriting my idea and my view of God. And again, that just came through like really seeking him, um, just listening to a lot of different sermons and podcasts and being around, you know, other women um, that are also on this journey and just continuously like like rewriting that relationship, because I think coming from a background of religion, it has its pros and cons. And um, it was something where I never really, like, I had this view of God that was kind of more so like a, um, kind of like a, 
like pointing the finger, like I'm disappointed in you, like that kind of thing. And I think also this just came to mind, um, really healing my relationship with my own father has been huge and really leaning more into that and acknowledging that I do have a lot of wounds around that, that have shaped my view of God as well. So I would say like, you know, for anyone who is feeling like that, um, maybe in their walk with the Lord where they feel like a lot of shame and they feel like they, they can't go to him or they have to like fix themselves first. Like I would just really take the time to look at, you know, first of all, like your own relationship with, you know, like your own father and um, how maybe that can affect you, how, how that can affect, you know, the way you see God. And if you were raised in religion, like how that has maybe shaped your view of the Lord Um, and just continuing to like remind, like remind yourself of who he is, not just like the God of the old Testament. I think a lot of people get stuck on that. He's like, you know, this like angry, like God who has all these rules, but like really lean into Jesus. Like, I think that really helped me a lot was like learning more about Jesus and, you know, not just like God, the father, but like Jesus and, you know, reading the gospels and, um, even watching the chosen, like just things like that, where you really get to see like who God is in the flesh and how he walked in this world, how he treated people around him and just like the grace and the compassion he has, you know, there's so many stories of like the women, at the, the woman at the well, um, where, you know, he, he literally like comes to her, like he waits for her and he like speaks to her and, and he has so much compassion with her. And it's like this woman who was, you know, having all of these like husbands basically she was sleeping around with all of these men and he never condemns her like he's very patient with her and kind and he literally just like treats her like a normal human where she's like why are you talking to me like nobody treats me like this you know um and there's so many just like examples of that in the bible of him just being so kind and compassionate to women who have been in you know adultery or sleeping around or prostitutes or whatever it may be and i think just like really like reminding myself of those examples and um you know putting myself in that position of like i'm one of those women you know and I'm not any different from any of these women that the Bible talks about. Like just because this was like thousands of years ago, I think sometimes it can be hard to relate to, but we have his word to give us like examples and to show us like this is who he is and he never changes. And um, yeah, so I think just really, really learning more about him um, and all of his complexity and um really like leaning more into like his compassion and his grace rather than, you know, his, like, I don't know, not, not judgment. I mean, he does have judgment, but like healthy judgment. Um, but I think like not allowing my view of him to be shaped only by that side of him, like kind of like the more like, you, you know, judge judging side of him, but like the more compassionate and loving side of him. Um, so yeah, I think just over time, like he just kind of stripped it away. And, um, as I started to really have like build myself more back up in terms of like building up my, my purity again, and, um, you know, taking time away from dating and like remaining celibate and, you know, 
being in a, in a job where I'm appreciated for who I am instead of what I look like, all of these things have added um, and played a role in me overcoming that shame. Mm, I love that. And I love how you spoke on coming to Jesus and focusing on Jesus, especially if you have wounding around the church, wounding around God, around fathers. There's so much there. There's so many people with church hurt. There's so many people with father wounding. I'm one of them, but actually my relationship with God has really healed my father wounding after a lifetime. I'd say from like age 13, I started working on that (laughs) in the self-development sort of sense. And I came from a primarily agnostic background, at least in my household, like by label, we were Russian Orthodox Christian, but by like everything we lived by, we were agnostic. So that's the background I came in. So when I went into personal development, it was, it was that super self-focused sort of approach and doing everything in my own strength on that rowboat. So when I tried to work on that father wounding myself, I didn't get anywhere. Right. And maybe incrementally, I sort of kind of did, but it took years and years and years to get, you know, two steps forward and in God and in seeking him and in seeing the example he sets for fatherhood first and foremost. And secondly, the fact that I have him as a father, like not only does he set an example, but he's there, he's there. And something that I learned this past weekend actually is the element of the Holy spirit of the Trinity and how that is the maternal element. So with mother wounding too, turning to the Holy spirit has been really helpful for me, especially, you know, yesterday being mother's day, all this stuff was coming up. And I just, I just want to encourage anyone listening to turn to Jesus first. It's probably the first (laughs) and easiest path, like you said, because it's so tangible because we see him in the flesh walking around as a human being and how he behaves reveals so much about him. And he was actually the most, I guess, progressive person at the time when it came to women and how they were treated and how they were valued. Like there's so much in the Bible about that. And, and it is, like you said, lost on us sometimes because talking to a woman isn't a big deal now. But at the time, like the way he talked to women, the way he gave them time and respect and all of this and so much more and the way he treated them um, in a society where they really were seen as objects and possessions, like wives were possessions and he treated them like fully fledged human beings. And then some, like he gave them so much respect, patience and kindness and all of this. And that gets lost in us a little bit, but it is so reaffirming and so comforting. And to know that that's how he views women. That's how he views all of us that he just has this endless compassion and love and patience and gentleness and brings us right back full circle to what we were talking about earlier about his patience makes me think of my dog drinks from the bird bath sometimes. And, and it's like you said, like, it's, it's the, the patience that we give someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Like Jesus said, they don't know what they do. Father, forgive them. Mm. And even when we know what we're doing to an extent, it's like, we don't fully, right. We're, we don't have the full awareness of God. We never will. So even if we have some idea, like I probably shouldn't be doing this and we do it anyway. And then we feel that guilt and shame. He doesn't put that guilt and shame on us because we don't have his awareness. Like where we are 
I don't want to say dumb, but less, <laughs> less aware, like definitely not omniscient. Like he they're is. Lost sheep. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. We're blinded yeah. or deceived. And yeah, there's this veil over our eyes where we don't see everything. So he has endless compassion and patience and love for us. And I could go on about this forever, but I do want to wrap up. So Hannah, is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with before we wrap up? Or is there anything that you want to share any last words of wisdom that are coming to your heart right now? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we could talk about so much. Um, but I think, I think like we covered a lot and, you know, I just want to say that like, you're never too far away from God. And I know that was something that like, kept me from him for a while and kept me from really turning to him was, you know, just that shame and that, that guilt of feeling like I'd messed up or I'd gone too far off path or like, you know, who even am I now? Like, I don't even, I don't even know where to even start with God because I feel like he's disappointed in me. Um, he's literally just waiting for you. (laughs) Like he's like waiting for you with open arms and that never, never changes, like no matter what you do. Um, so I think just, yeah, just, I just want to share that reminder with anyone who needs it and that encouragement that, you know, like it doesn't matter how far you've walked from him and how, bad you think you've messed up like it's it's never too much for him to handle like he can handle it um he wants to handle it like he really really does like that's that's all he desires like he I was listening to a podcast today that actually said um he is he delights in showing mercy to us like he literally is so happy to show mercy to us like that's like his favorite thing to do So, um, don't, don't allow shame to like drive that wedge in between your relationship, like allow it to pull you closer to him because when you do like, that's when the shame will go away and you'll be able to feel his eternal love and compassion for you. Um, and when you, when you try to do it yourself, like you're just going to continue to sit in that shame and it's just going to fester and become worse. But when you allow him to work in you to remove it, like that's when you're going to feel that, that peace and compassion. And, um, he just, I always envision him just like wrapping his arms around me. And like, I just can like completely like relax. Like it's like a full, it's like a spirit, like relaxing of like, you you can just rest like you can rest like you don't have to try so hard you know you can just rest in him and that's truly like all he desires like he just wants to be with us like that's it like you don't have to strive super hard you don't have to follow like the right rules or worry about like oh my gosh I hope I don't do anything wrong I hope I don't sin today like just rest in him and and seek his face and everything you do and um, he just, he just wants to walk with you through this life. So, mm, yes, yes. Amen to that. Would you be willing to close us in prayer, Hannah? Yeah, I would love to. <clears throat> ah, dear Lord, I just come to you today and I just thank you so much for this opportunity to, just share on this podcast with anyone listening, um, Lord, I, I just pray that you just do a work in their heart and allow 
the seeds to be planted in them and for those seeds to just become so fruitful. And Lord, I just pray for anyone listening who is feeling far away from you, who is feeling overwhelmed or overcome by shame for their past or anything that they've done, or um, maybe just feeling like they don't deserve you or they've messed up too much or they've done too much wrong, or maybe they feel like you're too judgmental or you're mad at them or following you is too hard. I just, I just cast all of these lies out Lord in your name. And I just pray that you just fill them up with your truth, that you love them eternally and you have so much compassion on them. And all you want to do is just love on them and walk through life with them, Lord. And you want nothing more than to just be with your children, God. I just pray that um, this podcast just blesses the ears of those who are meant to hear it and that they are just reminded of your love and your mercy and your gentleness and your kindness and just all of the amazing, amazing things of you, Lord. And um, I hope that they just acknowledge that your way is truly better and that they can always, always turn to you and you're just waiting there for them with open arms that you will truly leave the 99 to just come and find the one Lord. And um, I just thank you so much for just for who you are, um, that you never leave us, you never forsake us and you're always guiding us. And your goodness is just so amazing, Lord. I just thank you so, so much in your beautiful, beautiful, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, my love. I'm so grateful for you. And I hope you took something powerful away from today's episode. If you haven't already, hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if this episode felt valuable to you, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple podcast so that other children of God like you can find this podcast so we can reach more people. If we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you. Go over to my Instagram at Anna Empowers and say hi, send me a message. I'd love to chat with you. Also head over to my website at AnnaEmpowers.com to dive deeper and explore both free and paid offerings God has been pouring through me to serve you so that you can ditch those shackles of conditioning and your past and step deeper into the stewardship God has called you too. Remember that God holds all the power. He created us to lean on him, not to do it on our own. He created you wonderfully and beautifully as an integral piece of his kingdom here on earth. So steward your gifts with purpose. I love you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.